Sota, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Hay, 1 5. So the Mishnah says, Im Amra Tamea Ani, if she admits that she was infidelitous, so the consequences are, Shoveris Ksuba Vyotzes, nothing more than she loses her Ksuba and she goes out. Goes out meaning that she gets a get and she is divorced. Um, not more than that. I Meaning the point here is that there's no death penalty, although the verse prescribes a penalty for infidelity, for adultery, I should say. Um, that only that would require, of course, witnesses, warning, and certainly we never execute anybody based on our admission. So that wouldn't be the consequences. Now, in terms of the word shoveres, in modern Hebrew, that sounds like it means break. So shoveres ksubasa means her ksuba is broken. That's not what it means, though. This is referring to a shover is a receipt. And we're talking about a situation in which, as the Gemara in Ksuvas explains, um, there were certain places where they never wrote a Ksuba. They just relied on the basic rules that govern all Ksubas, the same kind of thing, Tanai Bezdin. And that being the case, women didn't get Ksuba. They just, if they got divorced, they got the standard Ksuba payout. And similarly, the obligations of the husband were the standard Ksuba obligations, and that's that. If that happens, the problem is we're concerned that um, she'll be let loose now, and then she'll come claim later on she never got paid out her ksuba. So because of that, we give him a shover, meaning we give him a receipt, which he could present to a court if he's ever summoned to one, to show he doesn't need to pay. So normally a shover means that it says, I paid 200 200 zuz on such a date, and that would be his receipt that he paid the 200 zuz, so we wouldn't have to pay a second time. Here, of course, he's not paying, and therefore what the shover would say is actually an admission of hers, an admission that says she was infidelitous, and because of her adultery, she forfeited her ksuba, and he'll never have to pay it, and that's what he'll get. Now, that wouldn't be applicable in a place where the conduct is as we know it today, that women get exuba. Once a woman gets exuba, there's no reason to write the the receipt. Instead, what happens is the only way a woman can get paid out on her exuba is to present her exuba. So if we simply tear up her exuba, she can't claim it anymore. And therefore, rather than giving a receipt to him, we just tear her exuba. Now she can't she can't uh, ever claim on him again. The Yotzes, she goes out, meaning she gets divorced. According to Ramam, there's actually a technical requirement for him to divorce her. The reason because since now they can never sleep together ever again, that's certainly a din of the Torah. So the Ramam says it's now Dinder Bun requiring him to divorce her because if she's lingering around there, they'll come to sleep together again, perhaps. Um, others like Tosla say that's not necessarily the case. He doesn't have to divorce her if he doesn't want to divorce her, but why in the world wouldn't he? So in any case, that's that. Now, Vim Amra Tahorani. The other side of the coin is if the woman, all four of those techniques in the previous mission don't work, she sticks to her guns, she insists she's Tahora, and therefore she wants to drink those bitter waters to prove her innocence. So now we go to the next stage of the process. So it says, We bring her up to the eastern gate of the Azara, of the temple courtyard at the entrance to Shar Nicanor. So now, first of all, bring her up. She was just at the Sanhedrin Agadol, you know, in the Bezan Agadol there in Jerusalem, but the Sanhedrin, which actually meets there right by Shar Nicanor, so in the temple complex. So that being the case, the Gemara says, what happens is we take her, we want to sort of wear her out, and hoping, hoping that by wearing her out, she'll come to admit what she did. And so therefore, we take her down off the Harhabayas, off the Temple Mount, and bring her back up again, all the way to the entrance um, of the Temple courtyard. So now you recall that the 
temple itself has like on the Harabais on Temple Mount has like two basic zones. There's the Ezra's Nashim, which is the area where everyone can gather. They had the candelabras over there. There was the dancing over there on Simchas Beis Shueva. They had the four Lishkos in the corners, and so on. And then um, at the dividing between the Ezra's Nashim and the and the proper Azara, the first stage which is called the Ezra Sural, there's a gate, a golden gate. That gate there, gold covered gate, is is um, called Shar Nikanor. So just again, when we say Eastern Gate, we don't mean the Eastern Gate of the Temple Mount, that would be called um, Shar Shushan. We mean the gate that divides Otin, the Ezra's Nashim and Ezra's Yisrael, on top of those 15 stairs at the entrance to the Azara. So it's called Nicanor, Shar Nicanor, because there's a story in the Gorn Yuma that this fellow Nicanor went down to Alexandria and Egypt. He commissioned, as part of a team, I guess, to get these two beautiful doors made. Um, on the way back in the boat, there was storm. There was a storm, and they threw one of the two doors overboard to lighten the boat so it should survive the storm. Um, and then that didn't help, so they were going to throw the second one overboard. He tied himself to the doors and said, no way. If you throw the doors over, you're throwing me over with them. And with that, miraculously, the storm subsided. And when he got to Eretz Yisrael, the port, and he was lamenting having lost one of the doors, miraculously, that door floated on over. So there, he has these two doors, and because he effected this miracle, because of his mysterious nefesh of the doors, they're named after him. So Shar Nikonor is the entrance to the Ezra Yisrael there in the Azara. And... Um, that's a requirement that she has her procedure done over there because the verse requires that she does she she does it um it says vehimid hakohen esa isha lifnei hashem she has to be there lifnei hashem before god and of course hashem is everywhere so we understand lifnei hashem means before hashem meaning like there in the in the base of mikdash there in the in the kodesh and so but we can't bring her into the azara proper because it's not gonna, we're gonna in a moment. We're gonna basically dishevel her and uncover her hair and uncover her clothing. So we're not gonna do that in the azara. So it has to be outside the azara, but at the entrance of the azara. And the shar miz, the shar nikanor, the, the gates at the eastern entrance there, um, have a very useful setup in which they, the, the doorway there is not invested with the kadusha of the azara. Typically. If you have a doorway, so and that separates between a lower and higher level of kedusha, the rule in the base of English would be that the doorways have the higher level of sanctity. But Sharnikonor is an exception to that rule, and they did not invest the area in the doorway there with kedusha on purpose, so we could do some like the, the sota procedure in that doorway. Now, parenthetically, the Mishnah says that serves other purposes as well. The Mishnah says not only do we um, do shisham as a sota, we don't just give the suspected sota to drink over there. Also, metaran esa yodos u metaran esa metzoraim. We also use that charnikanor zone um, for the purification process of a yoleda, a yodos woman who gave birth, and um, a metzora, that's a metzoraim. So the story is, again, very briefly. A yoledes, um, a woman who gives birth, so after seven days for a boy or 14 days for a girl, it's true that she becomes Tahora, meaning she go to the mikvah and she's muteras labayla, she can be with her husband again, um, but actually she's still called the mechusar kipurim, lacking full atonement, um, and like still like a shlish latuma, and that means she can't go into the base of mikdash proper, meaning the, the azara, nor can she eat from kadshim, like a korban pesach, etc., until she brings korbanos, which will happen after 40 or 80 days, I mean on the 41st or 81st day, uh, 41 for a boy and 81 for a girl. So, 
um, when that happens, so until she 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 has to bring these these there are birds actually in the case for your lettuce um, or whatever. The truth is, it depends. It depends. It could be. It could be whatever. She has to bring her korbanos. Um, so she we have to do it with her like in front of the korban. So therefore, she does it at the entrance to the azara because there um, she's again before her korban. But at the same time, she is not. Um, in the azar proper, okay. We don't. The mission doesn't mention, but the same will be true for a, a zav or a zavu if they would have to bring a korban. Um, those are birds, uh, and then same goes matarnas a mitzoraim a mitzora. Also, they have this process. So then they have these two hair shavings on day one and day seven. So after the second hair shaving on day seven, then they go to the mikvah, and then they're tahor, but they're mechusar kipurim. Meaning on day eight, they have to bring korbanos. The mitzora has to bring a chatas an asham and an ola, and those animals again are brought, they have to be in presence of the korban, but they can't be in the azara proper, so therefore they stand in the, in the doorway. Now, um, the next step is, so now we, the, the Kohen now is going to essentially really disgrace this woman, and, and in terms of, we're going to, he's going to, it says, v'choen, the Kohen is ochez bibigadeha, he grabs like her clothing, like her frock by the collar, and he like rips it down, like tearing the collar and pulling it down, so exposing her her, her chest. And if it tears, so it tears. Now, what's the difference between nikru kriya and nifrimu priya? So there are different pshat. Given the Bartonara's first pshat is that um, to be nikru korea is a single big tear, whereas nifrimu means like multiple tears, like kind of into tatters, um, like multiple tears. Um, other pshatim that he brings and other Roshanim bring are that the difference between kriya and prima is uh, maybe it's sideways, like you know, vertical versus horizontal. Or um, another shot is that kriya, that prima is along the seam, whereas kriya is like not on the seam, where it's torn. The point is, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens, happens. We just tear it down um, on her. And uh, also adju megale es liba until her her chest is exposed. Now the reason for this is based on a pasuk. The pasuk says ufara es rosha isha. We have to uncover and dishevel the woman's hair. That's the next step in the Mishnah. But the fact that it could have said ufara es rosha, her hair, her head, instead of saying that, it doesn't say we uncover her head. It says we uncover the head of the woman. We understand that the woman also has to be uncovered. So therefore, we're going to tear the clothing down um, to expose like her her chest. The soser es sara, and we also uncover her hair. And if her hair is like like braided, we un we unbraid it so she looks disheveled and again sort of. Um, really um, denigrated and humiliated, and that's part of the process. Now, the reason we're doing that is for twofold. First of all, we really want her to admit what she did. So, facing the thought of having to go through this will make her, and if she admits she won't have to go through it in the first place, it's certainly a good inducement. And even if we're past that, and now she's like, we're breaking her down, so she now feels, you know, she hopefully, as she's broken down by this horrible process, she will admit what she did. The other um, reason is because we want other people, other women, let's say, um, to see what's going on over here and realize this is the kind of fate that someone who behaved as she did behave um, faces. Again, even if she actually is technically going to come out on the other side of this ordeal okay and she'll drink the waters and survive because she actually didn't have a a full-blown affair with another man, um, her behavior certainly was not appropriate, right? I mean, she was... She was hanging out with a man to the point that her husband was picking up bad vibes and put her on notice with the with the kinui, and then she hung out with him again in private behind a closed door. So she had to steer. That's out of line, right? So she has totally behaved inappropriately, 
the question of how inappropriately, but the point is we want to put everyone to notice this is not appropriate behavior, and this is what happens in such a scenario, so therefore we do these these um, very unpleasant things to her. Now, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Imhaya liba na'e lo haya megaleu, vimhaya sa'ara na'e lo haya sosro. Rabbi Yehuda says, this might not be such a good idea. He says, if we start like ripping her clothes and exposing her chest or uncovering her hair, and she's an attractive woman, so then the people who are looking on, like the Pirche Kuno, those, you know, the young Kohanim there, um, they might get all sorts of, of uh, inappropriate ideas, and maybe she's going to even survive this ordeal. She'll be around. They'll have this Kohanim thinking about her and having her horum, and she's around, a recipe for disaster. So it says, Rebuta, if this is an attractive woman with attractive chest, attractive hair, we don't expose that stuff so that nothing should happen. If you'll ask, wait a second, I just finished saying, learn that from a Pasuk that we uncover her hair and uncover her chest. So if the Torah demands it, how could we not do it. So the answer is, Rebuta would say, this is a situation where the rabbis can get involved and do um, what's called Sheva Al-Tasa. They could say, listen, we think this is a bad idea. I'm given the situation. Therefore, um, while we're not going against the Torah explicitly, we're just saying Sheva Al-Tasa, sit on our hands and do nothing. We just won't do something the Torah said because that's better than the alternative. In any case, the Lacha does not follow Rebuta. The Lacha is like the Tanakama. So indeed, um, her clothing does get torn and her hair does get uncovered and disheveled um, as part of the process. Again, to induce her to admit and to let everyone else who's watching see what a horrible situation she's in so they themselves won't end up in such a situation.